0: Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in.
1: Okay, founders, welcome back. Today, we have Jesse Cole, a guest that truly stands out, not just because of his customary yellow tux but in his ownership of the unparalleled Savannah Bananas minor league baseball team. The Bananas have sold out every single game for the past two seasons, and his company, Fans First Entertainment, has made the Inc. 5000 multiple years in a row. Jesse is the author of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. Jesse, we are so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast, my friend.
2: I am fired up to jam with you guys today. I'm feeling strong, feeling ready to go, a lot of energy. Let's do this.
0: Let's go,
1: man. Welcome, brother. So to catch our audience up, because uh, I'll actually want to not skip past this, but there's so many things I'm excited to dive into that is bigger than just your story. To catch them up, you came from, your first team was in Gastonia, right? In yes. North, Carolina, North Carolina, and you found the opportunity to come to Savannah to take over a historic ballpark that was in a sense failing. Uh, got it in disrepair, sold two tickets to your first game and uh, thought, oh crap sold everything, moved down there, gave it this rebrand. And as people have called you, the P.T. Barnum of baseball, uh, really took some bold and brave moves and have now turned it into what seems to be the most popular thing to do in Savannah, uh, making national headlines and selling out every game like we just said. So that is the condensing of one of the coolest stories I've heard. Um, But oddly enough, I actually just want to get to you because from the moment we turned this podcast on, not only are you in your yellow tux, like I expected, but you brought immediate natural organic energy interest in us. We spent the first 20 minutes you talking about us, which was uh, uh, thank you. That was very kind of you. Uh, but it makes me, again, curious about you. I want to know a little bit about how you operate. I want to know how you operate at, at, at uh, peak performance levels, at just bringing your gift to the world. Uh, and then I want to know about your company. Uh, and, and getting them to be operating in the same way that's, that's serving this fans first mission like you talk about. So let's start with you, if that's cool. Man, what are some of, if any, intentional practices that you brought into a day that serves you well, right? That maybe gets your mind focused in the right way or gets that that true best version of you to come out. Are there any practices that you, you implement that, that really serve you in that way?
2: Yeah. Well, at first zero practices and my, it was craziness. And I think everyone starts, they're trying to figure it out. And when I was 23 years old and took over that failing team in Gastonia, North Carolina with only $268 in the bank account, um, I had no idea what I was going to do. And you know, I just said, I got to start figuring out how to make this business successful. And so mm-hmm. my mindset, I was like, I got to figure out just to make it successful. I didn't even think about myself. I was all focused on the business. And, you know, as I started growing and developing and learned what business we're in, but what business we're really in, I found where my passion met what I, you know, what drives the business. And mm-hmm. that really led everything. And I think one of the biggest aha moments came for me was, uh, geez, about six or seven years ago, I realized I'd wake up in the morning on other people's priorities. So every morning I'd yep. get up and I'd be like, all right, check my email, check my social media. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Yes. I was all in disarray because I was trying to run 5,000 miles an hour, trying to figure out everything. I mean, I was running this whole team by myself with uh, trying to get creative. And so I read the, the book by Hal Elrod, uh, Miracle Morning. Yes. And- and it uh, fundamentally changed uh, my morning rituals, which was one habit that has changed everything for me. And so long story short, you know Hal, who almost got, uh, he got in a car accident, was pronounced dead on the scene. They got him back to life. He was in a bad spot. Then a few years later, went through serious depression. He contemplated killing himself. He had to change his mornings. And he developed a thing called the Lifesavers, uh, S-A-V-E-R-S, which is silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And so I remember I read this, I was like, I should start changing my mornings. And so Mm. in 2015, I woke up January one and changed my mornings. I started uh, reading, I started working out every morning, I started writing um, and I changed. And as I evolved, that has really changed everything. So long story short, now, every morning, I don't miss, I actually do 10 ideas a day. So I start every morning by writing 10 ideas a day Then I write in my journal every morning. Then I write a thank you letter, which every single day I do a thank you letter. Um, I've, that's because of a thank you experiment that I've done. I go for a run, listen to a podcast, um, and do my writing in my journal. And that's that's my whole day. By 8 o'clock in the morning, I've already won the day, and it brings me more energy than I've ever had. So that's a long yeah, wow. story short, into something how I've changed my habits to win the morning and win the day.
1: Wow. Okay, so obviously the, well, the yes. major the major output of that is energy. The other one, it sounds like, though, is focus. Is that part of what this does for you instead of, like, responding and reacting to the demands uh, of the day, you starting off more intentional?
2: Yeah, you know, I realized, uh, guys, I'm was i probably the worst um, operations, manual labor type person there is in business. Like, I realized when I started at the stadium, like, it'd take me forever to cook burgers, know how to get them? I'd lose the burger. I'd drop it. I'd cut it in half. I couldn't put signs up. I couldn't do anything. And I started realizing, what do I love? And I love getting on the field and announcing our breakdancing first base coaches coming out. And here comes our banana nanas and pieing mm. people in the, in the field, uh, pieing fans in the stands. I realized <laughs> I had so much energy at the games. And because I was a showman, and I, I developed something two years ago called my energy list. Mm. And here's the reality. Everyone knows like, oh, do what you love, do what you love. No, no, do what gives you energy. And mm. I started looking, I was like, all right, whenever I'm creating, So I'm creating a new idea, a new promotion, whether I'm a new video, like we do tons of videos with the bananas, or I'm sharing like this, telling our story, or if I'm growing, reading books, you know, I read about 50 books a year. That gives me energy. So I look at my calendar. What am I doing that's not on my energy list? I'm not doing that. Get rid of it. So at five o'clock when I leave, if I'm done for work for the day, I have more energy than I've ever had before because I was doing things that gave me energy.
1: Wow. And how did you... How did you begin to strategically as the needs of the business grew, right? And I'm sure at times team was small or, you know, early on, you have to wear multiple hats. How did you navigate that when maybe it felt like there's necessary things on there that were not on your energy list?
2: Yes. And I do have seven uh, yellow tuxedos and, and seven yellow tux hats. So I have owned yes. that hat. this is my uniform that I wear all the time, but <laughs> um, smart habit. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, no, it's actually there's a method to it. You know, if you guys play sports, there's a difference when you put on your uniform, your game uniform versus your practice uniform. When I Absolutely. put this on, it's showtime. And I'm here to, you know, be, you know, be on stage and put on a show. That's what I do. When this comes wow. off, I'm hanging out with my two year old and we're having fun. We're playing games. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, but in regards to Drew, go back to your question.
1: Yeah. So, you know, early on, there's going to be things that the business might need that are not on your energy list. How did you navigate that balance of doing what you you, you know, you most were energized by but like, someone's mm-hmm. got to put the the stickers up on the stadium. Yeah. Uh, how did that work for you?
2: Yeah, at first, I did it all. I mean, uh, you know, literally picking up trash at the ballparks. And I still pick up trash, because that's part of who we are. And there's certain things that what we do, but um, yeah. it became the power of letting go. So what I've realized is that uh, if you let go of something, and if it's done 80% of how well you would think you would do it, that's how you can actually grow a company. Yes. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both at the same time. Yeah. And I became, in Gastonia, it was an owner-dependent business. The decisions went by me. The ideas mm. were led by me. The sales were led by me. The marketing was led by me. I had a team, but it always came to me. Mm, and we yeah. sold that team. And fortunately, it sold, and we did very well. But unfortunately, the team is now no longer in existence. Mm. And that's three years later. And it was because I didn't build a team the way I should. Right now, I'm in Charlotte with family. Our team in Savannah is running yeah. things. And they are now doing what gives them energy. And we've done the Enneagram test, the love language test. We've done yeah. creator tests. We've done all those. We know what people love to do, and they do it. And they come to me as a mentor and a coach, not as the decision maker and the leader.
1: Wow. Yeah. What I'm curious. What, what number do you resonate with on the Enneagram?
2: What's your guess? A seven with a seven wing? Uh, everyone guesses seven because of my energy. I'm a three.
0: Yeah.
2: Three. Yeah. Two wing, four wing. Uh, don't know my wing. I'm a, I'm a three. I'm a, th- yeah. yeah, they would say I'm a two wing, but I, I'm just, I'm driven by success. I want to be a seven. I like, go, I'm like, please be, a yes. seven. please be a seven. I love happiness. I love fun. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the little kid that's still trying to make his dad proud uh, and be successful yeah. is still who I am. Totally.
1: Yes. Man. Well, that's what I love about the Enneagram. If we geek out on that for a second is you shouldn't be able to guess, right? Like the idea is that it's internal motivation and instincts, which yeah. someone has to choose to reveal, which that's, that's awesome
0: that you you have that self awareness. Yeah, um, yeah, Jordan, what were you gonna ask? Yeah, I was curious. Still, staying on that thread of like the the control versus growth piece. Like, when did you really learn that? Like, you, you make the mistake in Gastonia, I guess, if you look back on it, or at least you look at it and you reflect of like, hey, I wish I had had made it not an owner operated or owner controlled business, when did you learn to do something different? Was it just, you got a new opportunity in Savannah and you had already seen how that was kind of playing out. And that was one of your reasons for selling. And so you started out just from the very beginning, doing
2: it differently. Um, oh, and then we learned it as we went on. And I started, I mean, every day I get confirmation of it. So for instance, I was heavily involved in every marketing post that we did when the bananas, yeah. came out. I was part of the launch because I had the most experience. Yep. And then when you build a team around you, which we start, everyone in our team, Starts as an intern. I mean, literally everyone that we've built has built up from interns to vice presidents to Jared, our president, started as an intern with me in Gastonia. Yes. So they learn it. And I'll give you the greatest example, which is timely now, uh, TikTok. All right. The fact that I'm talking about TikTok on a podcast right now is is hilarious to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was something that literally our team said, hey, you know, TikTok's becoming big. And I said, all right, guys, let's do it. And they're like, wait, we can just launch I go, yeah, launch it. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? And they said, I go, guys, you know our brand. We make baseball fun. We have breakdancing first base coaches. Our players do choreographed dances. We have a male cheerleading team. Guys, within our brand, within the direction of who we are, showcase our brand and have fun. And so we brought on an intern who was 18 years old. And our marketing director, our attention director said, hey, you know what? Just Savannah, her name is Savannah, which worked out perfectly. Savannah, just take, take charge of this. And she started posting. And the only thing as we went on, I said, hey, just keep coming to bat. Do a new post every day. Just post every day. Keep posting. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started watching, was like, whoa, that one went terrible. Oh, wow. That one just got a million views. Whoa, what's going on? And then wow. all of a sudden, five months later, we have a quarter million followers and we have more fo- followers than every Major League Baseball team except for the Chicago Cubs. So there's only one team, but we'll catch them soon. But that the reality is, an 18 year old ran this. Yeah. And it's made a huge impact on our business. Merchandise, we're getting fans, people driving in from states all over the country to see our games this summer. Um, We actually played within COVID and we're safe and no tests, it was good, and no positive tests or cases, really good. Um, Because I let go. And so every example where I learn I let go, yes, we're going to fail. And it's failure is not failure. Failure is discovery. You got to keep yeah. coming to bat. So we build that in our culture. We have our core beliefs that say this. We have our fans first way that says this. Everything that we have says we're going to keep testing, experimenting. Nothing is off limits. And if we say that and we believe it and it's unwriting, it's who we are, then who am I to jump in and say you can't do this or you shouldn't do this? Wow. So it's your it's our DNA. Yeah.
0: I love that, man. The uh, Just a quick, like, connect. So I'm a baseball guy. I already told you, like, played at the Gastonia Stadium multiple times growing up. Drew's a soccer guy. Uh, and I also have a two-year-old, which is just crazy because we got married on the same day and we both have two-year-olds. Very weird. So I'm this guy in great
2: beers. Uh, so I'm your thinking baby, about... Your two-year-old's not named Maverick, is it? No, no, Luke. Luke. Luke all right, Luke and Maverick. Yes. Right. If it was Goose um, and Iceman, we would have been pretty good. That's exactly right. <laughs> We're starting actually- a business together. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, it's Iceman. Uh, that would have been perfect. Um, yeah, big Marvel fan. So that could have could have been could have been possible. But yeah, I was thinking about just baseball and just the reality of like, hey, keep coming to bat. It's been a powerful. I think it's a great business concept for me to take with me. Of like, hey, just growing up playing baseball, hmm. this is this is what you were always told. I mean, every time you know when you were the ten year old crying, you know, hey, you're just trying to succeed one time out of three. You know, like you get taught that lesson so early. Uh, in baseball and I just find that to be
2: extremely powerful yeah I'd love to elaborate on that Jordan if you're open I'd love to elaborate please please give it to me so so, all right baseball guy who has the most hits in major league baseball history do you know the answer oh no I don't know the answer he's not in the hall of fame so that might give it away okay wow no I don't know I want to oh Pete Rose Pete Rose yeah the 4,000 plus odd 4,000 and that hits 4,192 maybe it is Wow. He's got more hits than anybody ever played the game. He also has 2,000 more at-bats than anybody ever played the game. Wow. Hmm. All right? And so let's put this in perspective. Do you know who has the most strikeouts, any hitter, in Major League history? More strikeouts than anybody. Babe Ruth? Everyone would think that, but no. But it, because the answer is not Babe Ruth, and you don't know, that's fine. Because yeah. the answer is, it's the guy known for his three home runs in Game 6 of the 1977 World Series. He's known as Mr. October and he's a Hall of Famer. Reggie Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. He struck out more than any other player that ever played the game. But we don't know him for his strikeouts. We know yeah. him for his home runs. We know him as a Hall of Famer. We know him as Mr. Yeah. October. You have to keep coming to bat and keep mm. swinging. And I think I've learned that with everything. If you want to have more hits, you got to come to bat more. You got to swing more. And I think that's yeah. kind of the mentality. You got to be able to give up control and say, how many at bats can you have this week? this month, this year, to have more hits. And that takes chances. And that's what we've been doing constantly. And I don't Man. even know the failures. That's the hardest question you could ask me. What are our biggest failures? Because we're already on our next at bat. Yeah, who cares about a strikeout?
0: Yeah, we move on. What are,
1: those, what are those filters, if any? But it sounded like earlier you said your core values, your beliefs. Like, What are those filters that would maybe make something a no in terms of what we won't try? Uh, are, there, are there any parameters that you, you intentionally put in Strategic place for the field? filter?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. It fits our brand. So, very simple name our company is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is Fans First Entertainment always. Our core beliefs are Fans First, our Fans First way always be an alphabet caring, different, enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. If anything that we do is that we believe is Fans First, that is making baseball more fun, is making it more exciting, that challenges the status quo of the way things baseball are work, then work with it. If anything, like again, we get to the line. I mean, guys, we sell we sell Dolce and Banana underwear. We sell literally underwear at our <laughs> rival's making bacon. We have making bacon urinal cakes. Our fans literally piss on our rival at our games. All right, we <laughs> tell the line, right? we give away Porta Johns at games. We give away colon cleansings at games. All right, we do some weird stuff. But but our mindset is, does it make us laugh? If we are fans sitting in that stadium and we're watching, are we gonna be like, dude, what are they doing right now? This i want to tell someone about it. And yeah. so again, a lot of times with anything, scratch your own itch. Mm-hmm. I heard Simon Cowell said it. He goes, you know how I found talent? He goes, if I liked it, I thought they'd be talented. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds so simple, but it's like, hey, if you don't like it, don't do it. If you don't, if you, don't disrespect your fans, your customers, or your people. So I just try to put myself in our shoes, and I think we tell everyone on the staff. Would you be proud of that? Do you think that represents us? Does that make you laugh? Is that fun? And so when you put too many rules, policies, filters and stuff, yeah, you're in trouble. Just stick to mm-hmm. what, you know, our brand, but keep testing the status quo and challenging it.
1: Wow. Mm. So here's my question. I think I know how, how I phrase it. It's, uh, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Of, it's just a, it, So much of what you do uh, may be uncomfortable, desired by people, but uncomfortable. Meaning, like a lot of people, myself sometimes included, have a hard time joining in on the fun sometimes, right? Like being silly as an adult, being outrageous, wearing a yellow tux, dancing at first base in front of a crowd, all that kind of stuff, right? Same thing would be true as an entrepreneur or an employee where maybe you're afraid of taking a risk, even though you hear it, right? But you're like, man, I might be embarrassed if I start this TikTok account and it doesn't work, right? What have you done to translate that to your people, the stands, the, fa- like, is, do you even know, like, how do you translate that to people where they're able to kind of step past that liminal space of self-protection mm-hmm. and, and into just, man, being a little more wide open.
2: Yeah. Well, there's, there's two, there's two ways of, of seeing it there. So like our fans, for instance, that come to our games, as soon as you're walking in and you see parking penguins guiding you, All right, you see like literally parking your car. You see a six-year-old professional high fiver that we hired to literally high five. You see our our banana ticket takers in full banana costumes. You see our banana nanas, our senior citizen team dancing. You go to the bathrooms and you see the make and bake and urinal cakes and you see the no farting signs in the men's stalls, which is completely (laughs) counterintuitive. All right, and you see all the ridiculousness. You know that you're a part of something. And so one of the coolest moments that I see every night, and it's my favorite moment in every bananas game, Actually, I have two. But one, my favorite one uh, during the game is when we do Hey Baby. And we brought on a cruise director to help lead our show a few years ago. He's like, hey, we do this on cruises. I'm like, perfect. Let's you know bring in people from outside some industry to bring in new fun inside your industry. And so he had this Hey Baby dance. So we get on the dugouts, the whole team, the band, the whole everyone. And we're playing Hey, Hey, Baby. Ooh, ah. And we get in the dugouts and the whole stadium, 4,000 plus people are doing it. And I'm on the crowd and I'm watching. You know, you have a two year old, a three year old kid doing it. You have an 80 year old, old older gentleman doing it. And the whole stadium is doing this. And wow. then two innings earlier, we did a sing off where one grandstand is versus the whole other grandstand and people are saying, it, living on a prayer. You're transported into something different. And right. because the players are doing it, the owner is doing it, the staff is doing it, your neighbors are doing it. If you're sitting down during that moment, you feel uncomfortable because you are the outsider. And we don't want to make people feel like outsiders. We want to make people to feel like, you know what, you can get out of your skin, out, out of your comfort zone a little bit, have fun, and let go. We mm. all need a little bit more joy. So for the fans, that's how we do it. For individuals outside of our company, and just anyone that we talk to, take that first step. Guys, the first time I put this on and went through an airport before I was given a speech. The looks that I got from people, they're like, what is wrong? And people are like holding up their phones, acting like they're taking a picture of themselves. I know you're taking this this crazy guy walking through the El Tuxedo. Yeah. I was uncomfortable. And then I go through TSA and every time they'd say, Come here, sir, and they'd start checking me. I'd like, would I really be dressed like this if I was crazy? (laughs) All right. right. Uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. The first time I jumped on stage, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. But anything we lost our our water heater went out three days ago. And so I've been taking cold showers. The first two minutes, I'm like, I'm like a little girl, like, And then by the third minute, I'm like, this is okay. By the fourth minute, I'm a little more comfortable. And by the fifth minute, I'm like, hey, I'm taking a cold shower. Yeah, yeah. You have to take the first step. And I think people are so afraid of that first step, what people will think. Once you take that first step, the second step, the third step, the fourth step, everyone becomes easier. And all of a sudden you're doing things you never imagined you would do. Wow. Yeah. Has that,
1: yeah. that been similar when you bring new people on into your culture?
2: Is there that similar almost acclimation process of? 100%. So yeah. when we brought an intern in the spring, and me, and me and my wife, the two owners, will sit down with him during the day. We always plan a whole onboarding session. I'll we'll say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, what ideas? What are things that you want to do with this team? You know, what have you seen? He goes, well, I'm a fan. You know, I heard you're a fan. He goes, I, I've called. I bought tickets. And he goes, I love how you guys call everybody and thank them for tickets. But one thing I don't, you know, you call and say, thank you. Thank you for going bananas. I hope you enjoy your show. And it's a nice call, but it's not that fun. And I go, that's a good point, Austin. What do you have in mind? He goes, he goes well, uh-huh. I think it should be a wrap. I go a rap. He goes like, yeah, like you know, like a rap, like a full-fledged rap. And I go, amazing. I go, perfect. You'll do one. And he goes, what? No, 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 no. Go, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of awkward. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that socially good at that kind of yeah. stuff. And I go, no, perfect. You'll be Austin, the awkward bananas rapper. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, hey, I know it's it's ten o'clock right now. By four o'clock, do one for a fan. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, just write up a rap. And thank a fan. And I know tickets are sold out right now, so do it for someone who bought merchandise. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. okay. So all day, he's like working on this. And he, and he keeps coming <laughs> by and he's like, Jesse, Jesse, what do you what do you think about this rap? And, and I go, no, no, we're, we're, I'll, I'll hear it when you go live. I trust you. And so he's going to everyone in the office. He's like, what is that? How is this, guys? How is this? And they're kind of helping him out throughout the day. So at four o'clock, I come into his office. I go, you ready? We have a number to call who bought merchandise an hour earlier. And his face is red. And he gets ready and he goes, person answers and say hello hey this is austin the awkward bananas rapper i'm here to fill your day with fun joy and laughter i hope you enjoy this is something a great perch and he gave this like whole rap and the person (laughs) at the end was like huh thanks man and hung up and austin (laughs) turns to me and goes that wasn't that bad i go i know it wasn't of course not so for the next three months he started making these awkward bananas raps were they great raps no Were they awkward? You better believe it. He said, I like the voicemails better because when they get people on the phone, they're very confused. I go, that's funny. (laughs) But the goal, guys, to answer your question, the goal was to show that on your first day, if you have an idea, we're going to implement it. All right? And you got to get over that fear. And so him, as a 22-year-old intern, he was calling people and doing something we've never done before, and it was okay. And so now, that's how when we bring people in, it's all right, we're going to get you doing something that you haven't done before, and that, hey, mm-hmm. could be new for the team. And I think some fans were like, hey, they came to the game. You're that awkward rapper, right? And so he became that awkward rapper. It's a win. Yeah. Man. I that love the fantastic. fact that you
1: even embraced, instead of like, hey, go figure out how to be a good rapper, you just said, no, you're going to be Austin the awkward
2: rapper. Like, let's use that as a, let's oh, use yeah. that as the strength. You know, whatever no, whatever's normal do the exact opposite that's a premise that just leads us no one wants normal so we think of whatever's normal do the opposite and so yes i mean if he was like a really really good rapper uh, that would be good but the fact that he was awkward i think people thought it was even funnier <laughs> <laughs> <It's> even <better. laughs> it fits our brand even better it's like this uh, is ridiculous i mean guys we have our voicemail we've had an intern that could sing and so she she started singing uh savannah na 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 you've reached the savannah bananas na 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 you know the song havana yes you yeah songs? So she just started saying that. And like, I'm I'm walking into the office. I'm like, she's recording this. I'm like, what is happening? And it's just, it's fun, you know? And that's, we try to be fun. And I think most businesses, they need to put more fun in. If you want to get over your fear of actually doing things, be a little silly. You know, Entrepreneur Magazine came to our game two years ago and I saw the headline and when the article came out in the December issue and it said, America's goofiest team. And at first I was like, goofy? Yeah, that's probably right. And I I, I was like, (laughs) that and it's okay to be a little yeah. goofy it's we okay. can work with that
1: yeah exactly all right i got go a question now Yeah, so I, yes. I what's the difference between you guys and the fun that you're having and the level of product you're able to put out or, or or maybe the way i'd put it is the is the actual it's like true fun and the people that know they're supposed to have fun and so they give you a razor scooter to go around the office right like they, they try to like throw in a few perks like that but they're no different like the culture doesn't end up being any more fun or alive or coming out in the customer service what would you say the difference is there
2: so if you get a five thousand dollar bonus all right three weeks later what's changed on your given day so in your given day walking into the office what's changed and so it has to be built into the everyday office structure i'll tell you one thing and this sounds so simple but um music makes a huge difference. And something that I would say every company should look at because I realized when on our, we have a little abandoned storage building. Guys, when we got the stadium keys five years ago, the former team cut the phone lines, they cut the internet lines, they took everything out of the ballpark. We grabbed a picnic table and put it into a storage building. And so that's yes. where we're working. And so we painted it, now it's actual an office and people work there. And, um, but I realized when there's no music, it's kind of a dead energy. And what do we thrive? We thrive with 4,000 people at the stadium, with the band playing and our announcer doing this and all this. Yeah. And all of a sudden during the off season, nothing. So I immediately, I put mm-hmm. music around the ballpark, around our office. And we all put them in our own playlist, And we just, we sing and we talk. And that's where the idea is. So that's one little thing. But overall, yeah. I think there's a huge difference between um, big perks. And then what is the energy? How are you able to collectively come in and start talking about something? How are you able to make yeah. jokes with the other people? It, you have to be okay with not getting work done every single minute of the day. That is the big, big key. And and I'll say, if ever it comes like, guys, we got to go to a meeting. We got to go do this. Hey, we're not getting it done. If you have someone from the top that's constantly counting down the, the hours saying, we need sales, we need revenue. It will kill a culture. Mm. Yeah. You need time that has fun. And yes, we have idea paloozas where we get in and we jam together. Yes, we have drinks and we have food and we have fun. But it's like you have to have a culture where it's okay to just be with each other and talk ideas. Yep. And that's what we try yep. to have.
0: It's so interesting. I have many thoughts rolling around my head. But one of them is uh, we've worked with a company and they they roll out a new core value and they call it innovation and then they're going to do innovation training and and everybody's going to go hey you know focus on the new thing and and they don't become any more innovative it's like i'm not sure this is going to work it potentially could work yeah. if you if it actually was changing the day to day but there is that beauty of you allowing the worst idea to be sacred right like you actually wanting it to be invited by the intern who shouldn't have a voice. And now they have a voice in day one, we're going to have, we're going to implement their idea, whether it, you know, whether they strike out or not, we're still going to go. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Maybe not really a question around it, other than I see that often where companies right now are actually trying to catch up in that innovation game, realizing that they're not just a manufacturing, you know, even if they are a manufacturing company, it's not just people screwing in widgets anymore. Like we have advanced past the industrial age, it is a different age now. We're in the digital age, of course, and you can leverage things like TikTok. But I think even just the creative brain power that you've got to bring to work, the majority of people's roles, their success isn't based on um, minutes put in, right? It's it's that's not productivity. We're we're still. It's something we're thinking about is how do we change the game in, in terms of even how people are measuring productivity? Because you know, even uh, businesses like ours, they they like by the hour, you know, that's how, how they expect to get paid or how they expect to get billed. Consultants are like, man, that's not even that's not even the value that we bring or, or the yes. business model. It's like, this is way
2: different. So, so stay with that for a second. If yeah. that's a problem, and, and so that's literally where our whole framework started. We didn't even talk about the business, we went more personally. That's yeah. a problem. Right, no one likes a lawyer who you call for five minutes. No one likes a lawyer. I won't, I'll stop. Period. on to our next point. <laughs> no one likes a lawyer. Next. No, one of my best bets yeah. is a lawyer. I can't say that. I do like, I, it. I like, got people. him. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, a five minute phone call and then you get billed for it. An email, yeah. you get billed for it. Exactly. For us, we started looking, guys, uh, you know, you talked about your first business, the you how you love doing it. But then when all of a sudden you started to, like, teaching it and making it a business, it became less fun. Yeah. For me, I loved playing baseball. All right. I was yeah. a, a tremendously mediocre player, but I loved, loved playing the game. Yes. But then when I started coaching, I was coaching in the Cape Cod League, in the dugout, in the front row with every single player went on to play professionally. Some of them all-stars. I yeah. had the best seat in the house with the best players in the country. I was bored out of my mind yes and so I was bored I was like how am I gonna How no why am I gonna coach everyone thought I'll go into coaching why would I coach so I realized yeah. if I'm gonna go into the front office start with what those problems are in the industry mm. and do the exact opposite so you when know. I said all right baseball it's too long it's too slow it's too boring we need to have yeah. a non-stop entertainment our players need to do choreographed dances we need to give roses to little girls in the crowd we need to make it a circus and have a lot of fun and all of a sudden, that was like, one, start with the problem. Next one, you get nickel and dime going to every ballpark. You guys have been mm-hmm. yep. there. You buy yep. six bucks yep. for this, eight bucks for this, five bucks for this, the burgers, the hot dogs, it all adds up. Yeah. no, that's a problem. So let's make every ticket all inclusive. So we made yep. every ticket, all your burgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwich, soda, water, popcorn, dessert, everything, $15 including the ticket. Yeah, whoa. So we kept going down that road. So for instance, for you guys or any business that you're working with, what are those problems that you frustrate that yep. you don't want to do then what is the exact opposite? And even if it seems like it can't do it, for instance, we're the only team in the country that every single ticket is all inclusive. You can't come to our ballpark and not have all your food and your soda included mm. because it's a better way. So what yeah. would be for your industry and the other industries? And I we keep having those. We call them mirror moments. Stop blaming your competitors and start right. looking at all those other, oh, we got this happening. No, look inside here. What are the yeah. problems? Part of my industry. Guys, we did something completely stupid last year. Completely, February 25th, we announced, two weeks before the pandemic, we're gonna eliminate all advertising from our stadium. We're gonna have zero ads because you know what? <laughs> no one wants to, because we believe no one wants to go to a ballpark and be advertised to, be sold to, or be marketed to. We believe people hate it. So we said, what can we do right before a pandemic to throw away hundreds of thousands of dollars? What would be a great move <laughs> So we decided, let's get rid of all that money. Get rid of ads. But you know what? It stood true to who we are and we don't believe our fans are the product. Like, yeah. you know, and all advertising is our experience, our entertainment, our show is our product, and we're going to go all in because that's fans first. We yeah. win in because of that, not right now. So right now, you might say, in short term, this is how we make money, or this whatever business, but what would that be long term? Go where your customers want to go, not where they are right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I love that one. That
0: one almost caught me with a different question, but I want to i feel like it's the right time to ask this. Cause you mentioned it earlier. Love the movie, the founder, love the point where he talks about what business he's actually in. Yes. You're not in the burger business. Yeah. You're in the real estate business. You mentioned it earlier and tell me what, what did you learn
2: about what business people think you're in versus what business you're actually in? Yeah. Um, well, I, I had to read every book by P.T. Barnum and about P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney. I had to get outside my industry, not just look at all the baseball owners who, yeah, we won yeah. the World Series that year. And who cares? Every team wins something every year. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, and so I read it. <laughs> it's the truth. It's like, hey, oh, yeah, we won again. Well, good. Next year, you may or you may not. Someone will win. What's yeah. different? What's new? What's exciting? And I said, wow. I go, we can't win in a baseball game. we Guys, you know... You called us minor league before. Thank you, Drew. We're not even minor league. We're calling (laughs) summer baseball, all right? Yeah. You said a lot. I said, like, two tickets to the first game. That would have been really bad. We sold only two tickets total in the first three months before the season, all right? Even worse. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was sleeping on an airbed. It was a disaster. But anyways, uh, my my wife and I are in a real bed now, so it's better. But my point is, (laughs) yeah. Um, Oh, geez, you got me coming to sidetrack. Where were were we just, where were we on? You were learning.
1: Yeah. What oh, business are you really
2: in? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, what, we can't win in the baseball game. We can't, we can't be the best baseball team We're college summer baseball. Like we can't yeah. win, but can we create the greatest show at a ballpark? Mm. And so we said, could we create something that's completely different entertainment? Because guys, I, it wasn't just like an aha moment. I was reading books, but I went to every meeting and I would meet with a business and say, Hey, we'd love for you to come out to our Grizzlies team. Back in when I was you know 23 years old, they're like, Oh no, we hate baseball. And then I meet someone else, and they'd be like, "Oh no, yeah, we like baseball." I go, how many games did you go to last year? Oh no, we didn't go to any. I was like, "I'm in a business that nobody wants like this." Is bad. <laughs> and I was like, "But what yeah. if I told you that our players are going to do choreographed dances? If I'm going to bury diamond rings in the infield dirt, if I'm going to have grandma beauty pageants. I'm going to give away cruises. If we're going to do nonstop entertainment, we might have something." And then so we slowly started testing, and fans started coming out. They're like, "You got to go to a baseball. You got to go to the Grizzlies. You wouldn't believe what they're going to do next." wow yeah that's how we we learned that's the business we should be in
1: wow okay i've got a question just based off that part of your story and then i have a follow-up question more content related but when you announced the name bananas right you guys had somewhat of a contest to decide what the name of the bit or the name of the team was going to be and you mentioned even in the in the video telling the story that you guys got national attention but a lot of it was not great said we were getting crucified, right? Oh, Uh,
2: that's a nice nice way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it comes back to the theory that uh, I assume you espouse, which was you said attention is better than marketing or attention uh, actually in that sense was better than even whether it was positive or negative press. That's hard sometimes for you to wrap your mind around as a business owner. Take me into how you were thinking about that. Were you freaking out or were you like, hey,
2: this is ultimately good even though it feels bad? How, how, how should we think about that? So yeah, when I got a phone call on January 15th, 2016, that we overdrafted our account, and we were completely out of money, we had to sell our house. Yeah, I was freaking out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. I realized what we had done the last four months is that we marketed like everyone else. We worked with the newspaper, we worked with the radio, we did social media, but we didn't have the eyes and ears of anybody because we were just doing the same things as everyone else. And if you do normal things, you're going to get normal results. We mm. had to get attention. And so right now, as we just finished our, our three-year vision for the next next three years for the team, th- the script that usually you put is you'd put your uh, uh, product, you would put your team, you'd put your sales and marketing, you'd put your impact. We don't even say sales and marketing. It is attention and it's promotion. There's a different mm-hmm. level, creating attention and promoting. So we realized that we had to think, all right, how do we get people to know who we are? We cannot be a normal team. So when we came up with the idea of, of being a fruit we said, no, it's not just coming out with Savannah Bananas. It's having the tension plan much further than that. So we said, hmm, could a couple of months later, we announce the senior sits and dance team called the Banana Nanas, all right? Then two months later, could we announce that our mascot's name is Split? Then, you know, a month later, could we have the Mananas, our male cheerleading team, <laughs> which is now just referred to as the Dad Bod cheerleading squad, all right? Then, then could we do a music video to Can't Stop the Peeling, the song by Justin Timberlake, but change oh, yeah. the and do a music video. You know, could we start coming up with slippery banana, alcoholic drinks and banana beer? And we started looking at all these things that could create attention and build the brand. It wow. wasn't just, hey, buy tickets to this game. And once we started doing that and changing the paradigm, then all of a sudden people said, what are they going to do next? Mm-hmm. And they would seek us out as opposed to us just, hey, come to our games, come to our games, come to our games. And it's every method. When we did have to sell tickets, we didn't just say, here's an ad to sell tickets." We did over the top 20 minute infomercials from back in like the 1970s with like Chia pets. And and, and we had the Snuggies. And and so like you think about what are those things that you can sell in a different way. If you're going to do a press release, don't do a press release the normal way. Think of how you can make it outrageous and stuff. So it's just everything, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Normal will only get normal results and normal attention. And that's been kind of our guideline in this.
1: Yeah. Well, that leads me to my second question. So I know that you've been doing uh, work outside of, even this industry, meaning some keynote speaking, you wrote your book, uh, you've, um, you know, whether it's through friends or even just now your greater impact on industries outside of baseball. I would just be curious if any examples come to mind of where other people have taken some of these paradigms, like if you know, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite, and how have you seen that play into different contexts? Sure. Uh,
2: Home Builder, uh, Shoreline Construction. I was going to talk about uh, our fans' first way and how we map the experience. And they said, you know what? It's crazy. You know, we're Home Builder and people literally just, you know, they, they sign a contract with us, give us lots of money. And then at the end of the time, they finally get their house. He goes, why don't we map it and make it interesting? And so they started doing crazy things. I mean, for one, they, they hire a sign spinner for the for the <laughs> for literally when the person's coming in to get their house, like a sign spinner, like welcome home, um, yes. <laughs> like, which was crazy. But they also like when a person bought a house. Um, and they signed. They would send like we send a video to people when they buy a ticket. Uh, they sent a rap video of their whole staff, and this is people in the fifties and sixties throwing money around like this, oh. and signing it. it's like here comes your house, and it was crazy. And they sent it to them, and then they, they gave a gift of a um, they give a yeti, a, a t-shirt, um, uh, and an iPad. And on the iPad, it has a video of all the people that are working on their home. And I was like, mm. Chris, the owner, I was like, that's us some money. He goes. Oh, no, we just put it on top, top of the house price. I go, you're brutal. <laughs> so he actually, he actually, they're paying for some of their gifts. But then it was crazy, but he mapped it. And so they have a red carpet when you get your house. They have a champagne uh, toast and a ribbon cutting. And they started mapping the home building experience because yeah. as I haven't shared today, we map every touch point when you are buying a ticket from us from the website all the way to the one you show up. And he said, how can we create these, what we call you wouldn't believe moments? And where you get yeah. someone that says, you wouldn't believe what this company did for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, there's a lot of other, there's a story they did for an anniversary dinner that got tons of publicity. There's other things they did, but um, it starts yeah. with that framework of make every moment special yep. with your company. And I think we take for granted emails. We take for granted what our email signatures, We take for granted voicemails. We take for granted uh, contracts. I mean, even our invoice is over the top, guys. We have a full invoice. When you read it, you're like, is this really somebody's invoice? Yes. Like, we want to make them laugh because our brand is to bring yeah. fun, joy, and happiness. So every touch point, let's do that.
0: Wow. Yeah. wow. Dude, that's that's fantastic. The okay. uh, now, I, can few, even, want, I
2: can read you the invoice if you want. That'll put yeah. Oh, up. man. Yes, go yeah, for please. it. please. You got uh, it. Me, read it. Read it to you. Uh, here we go. All right. Congrats. This is your day. The day you've been waiting for. Today is the day you get to pay. You may think you've had days like this, the day you bought your first house, the day you bought your first car, or maybe your first all-inclusive vacation, but nothing is quite like banana's payday. So pull out your money order, savings bond, rare coins, gold, cash, credit card, or check, and make that payment like we know you can. We believe in you. This is your moment. Now seize it. Your life will never be the same. Love, Jesse Cole. And it's now time to sit back and relax, sip on a slippery banana. Your dreams are about to come true. (laughs)
0: <laughs> come on <laughs> I love that. rare coins man rare
2: coins i love that we haven't played that yet but maybe one day
1: is it okay <laughs> if i keep asking for more examples and the only reason why is because I, I genuinely think myself included but like a lot of the people listening to this podcast are going to be more in some straight laced industries yes. so very much like baseball right so like yes. you've you had to even first reimagine to even get the creative ideas, then test it, and then yeah. see that it actually works. Right? You're offending
2: na- the nation's pastime. That's oh. right. That's right. Oh yeah, the MLB probably hates us if they even pay attention to. I mean, we we challenge all of that because it needs to be challenged. And right. Be challenged. So if your industry Absolutely. is up and coming and it doesn't need to be challenged, maybe not. Or if you're in, or if you're a person that's a very serious person to try to do fun, silly things like this, it will not work. If you're the CEO or entrepreneur, it has to come from the top. And so yes. I think that's very important. So not everyone's going to be fun and goofy and silly like us, but what are you? Like, what What do you stand for? And do people get excited about you? I mean, I'll tell you professional, professionalism. You tell me this. When was the last time you came home at the end of the night and said, honey, you won't believe I met the most professional person today. He was just so professional. All right. We <laughs> don't get excited over professional. So professional yeah. day is warranted. But think about what are people saying when they leave the room with you? What are they talking about you? Because that's what they're talking about your brand. And you need to be memorable. And I would be, make that in every touch point that you have, memorable in your own unique way. I think that's so crucial.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's got my brain spin. I'm honestly selfishly thinking about our company. <laughs> <You laughs> yeah. I will we'll say like a you.
0: few things for Drew and I is one, our value, we do have a value and our core values is laugh. And it does have me thinking about how do we continue to extract that? So it's not really... Uh, the funny, silly, but laughter is huge. I mean, it's yes. just the ability to tell a joke and, and die laughing is huge. And there's some little ways that we've leveraged it, but not nearly to the extent that you've got me imagining. And then uh, create 12-star experiences with one of our strategic filters, mm-hmm. which comes from the Airbnb guys and, and their experience of building their business and just uh, imagining you know, what would a 12-star Airbnb experience look like. And then you found that the five-star experience wasn't all that hard to create once you thought thought about that. Um, which I think is, is fantastic. And so we personally are like, I think it's certainly got us, us thinking. I'm curious about going all the way back to the 50 books a day, your big reader. All well, year. 50 have, books
2: a day would be kind of a, a daily Oh, gosh. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what am I looking for? Uh, Freudian slip. Yeah. You, wait, you don't do 50 books a day? Um, uh, I started when I was younger. Now I've slowed it down a little bit. Got
0: <laughs> it. Go. Good. So 50 books a year. Yes, sir. My, my thought for you is around laugh by you, have some, you have laugh. some natural unique abilities right you we talked about the enneagram three that's going to help you you have just this natural humor that, that rolls off of, of just who you are but there's also some things that you learned along the way so i'm just curious like what would be the influential books and, and i know that even just going to your website you do some book reports you just had an innovation top 10 love those but like what would be your top 10 i'm like hey go here i
2: know one of the ones that we might share is like walt disney's biography like, oh, I, and I'd actually do How to Be Like Walt by Pat Williams. Uh, it actually, yeah. I think whenever you can have an author break down more about what they learn, so for instance, uh, there's a customer born every minute, um, about the 10 rings of power by uh, P.T. Barnum. There's those are ways you can break down what some of the best have done in a way in a business context, instead of just reading a whole biography. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. I love Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, they're great. Love that one, yeah, it's it's outstanding, but I love getting the details first. Um, Books are challenging for me because I, I'm, I'm always on a next book. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it depends on, you know, if I go back, ones that were very impactful in the beginning was Marketing Outrageously by John Spolstra. And in fact, we've actually partnered before. I started seeing marketing a different way. And then Business, yeah. um, The Carpenter by John Gordon made a huge, huge, huge impact on me about Love, Serve, and Care. Um, Everybody yeah. Matters by Bob Chapman. I mean, I I could keep going um, because yeah. I started more about empathy towards others. But now I am like obsessed with innovation. Um, And I am like reading every single book I can on innovation. So the ones recently are Humanocracy by uh, Gary Hamill. He has a whole chapter on experimentation, which is fascinating. Road to Reinvention by Josh Lichner. Um, So I I go in bursts. And I think one thing that's helped me, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they jump from thing to thing to thing. When I find someone or something I like, I go deep. So for instance, Josh Linkner, who we connected, who's unbelievable innovation. I've listened to almost every one of his podcasts. I've read all of his books. And so yeah. get deep into a subject so you can really get it into your head. So you're always thinking that as opposed to, I read this, stillness is the key. And then I went and read, you know, peak. And then I read this and it's like, there's so many yeah. thoughts. I think that's been helpful and in, in, in consuming for me. Yes.
0: Well, I think it's fantastic because you're leveraging... A lot of platforms that are the shallow attention grabbing, even the TikTok story. I mean, that's the ultimate attention grabbing, shallow, move on, swipe to the next thing, go get your 15 seconds, yes. the next thing. But depth is something that Drew and I really, really appreciate. And, and we you remember it. Creates a yeah, you remember it. You actually learn it. You know, maybe that's the difference is you actually
2: learn something versus not learning something if but, you take the time to go deep. But the book I reports I didn't reference, and it's sorry, Jordan, cut you off. The book reports. Yeah, go for it. The book reports have been very, very helpful. You guys read a book, and we earmark it. We might highlight it. But for me, it's been, I have to actually go through it a second time and actually put it into a book report. And so the yeah. better book club I work with, uh, and our whole team does, we pay our people to read. So whenever people read a book, we actually, they complete a book report, we'll pay them 50 or seventy-five bucks. And it's wow. only because they learn by doing the book report because they have to go through our four questions, which is uh, your favorite quote, um, your key takeaways, what will you implement in your life or the business? And how does it fit to our fans first way and our core? Wow. Belief. So those are our four questions. So they go, Can through you say it again? through so uh, it's, it's a favorite quote um, because I think quotes to stand out easily. That's an easy one. Give them a quick win. Uh, number yeah. two is favorite. Uh, what are some key takeaways? The third yeah. one is what is something that you will implement in your life or the business? And finally, how does this fit with our fans? First way, our core beliefs. Yeah. Those are the four. Yeah. You can set up any questions you want, but every book report, we use that framework and I'll go through <laughs> it like built to last. I've looked at that book report probably 20 times because it's yeah. six pages long. I had so much, but I keep coming back to it. Cause there's so much good there. Wow. That is good,
1: man. Mm -hmm. My question for you, since you do everything differently and if it's not (laughs) different or this is conventional wisdom, that's fine. But as you think about your role as a founder, as you think about your role as, you know, CEO or co-CEO, however it works out, what do you, what do you believe is your most important role or function for that business? What do you think? Like at the end of the day, I need to, my gift is this for the company or a priority one for me is keeping culture this, or, you know, what, what would it be for you? Would you
2: say? Uh, For me, it's, it's energy and love. Um, And so we have three loves inside our fans first playbook that we share with our whole team. We have three loves, love your customers more than you love your product, love your employees, love your team more than you love your customers and love yourself above all. Mm. And we preach that and we talk about love. And the first time it really stood out was my uh, second year in Savannah. Um, Our director of groups, uh, his father, he's 23 years old, his father passed away. And I was up in Charlotte with my family and he was down in Savannah and they were having the wake and there was a hurricane coming to Savannah. Um, And so everyone was leaving Savannah but they were still gonna try to have the small wake and get it in before the hurricane. And I remember driving down the highway by myself, the only one going into like thousands of people going the other way. And I remember when I I pulled up and Patrick, you know, big guy, six, three, and I pulled up there and he gave me a hug and didn't let go and said, I love you, man. Mm. And I was there for, you know, a couple hours with him. And I realized that we had something really, really special and that love um, is not talked about in business enough. We talk about the fun, we talk about this, but if you ask our guys, they will say, there's a love that I've never seen before. Mm, and yeah. if, I, if I could share one quick story that really brought this all home, um, yeah. after our second season, uh, they said, well, Hey, we're planning a, a team barbecue after the season. And I said, all right, what can we bring guys? And they told my wife to bring plates, which my wife, Emily was like offended. She's like, Emily loves to cook. And they're like, why would you tell her to bring plates? She's like, whatever, I'll bring plates. And she was kind of disappointed. And we showed up to our our, our, uh, employee's house. We walk in and as we're pulling up, we see parking penguins guiding our car. And we're like, what are these parking penguins doing here? And as they pull us into the parking spot and they guide us, all of a sudden, our director of first impressions opens the door. He's like, welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Cole. We're like, what is going on? And they walk us up to the front of the door. And our uh, t- our vice president, who was our director of tickets at the time, he's in a banana costume. He says, Mr. and Mrs. Cole, here are your tickets. This is your fans' first experience. Wow. And they take us all the way back to the back of the, the backyard. They have lights set up. They have our favorite music playing. Our president walks out in a bow tie, says, Mr. and Mrs. Cole, here is your menu for tonight. And they offered us our favorite drinks. The whole staff cooked for us. And then at the end of the night, they brought us our favorite dessert. At the end of the night, they came out with an iPad and they said, this is from us. And they shared everyone on the team telling us how much we meant to them. And it was very emotional. Emily is crying her eyes out. By yeah. the way, also, we just found out two weeks before that, that she was pregnant. And so so, so she's emotional for a few reasons, but they keep bringing <laughs> us beers and Emily can't drink. So she's like giving me her beer. So I'm like trying to drink it while they're not watching. It was a whole <laughs> circus as that's happening. And then they, we watched the video. So she's very emotional. Then they bring out a book, a Shutterfly book with pictures from the last two seasons and the fans yeah. and the fans and everyone. And we're really emotional at this point. And finally, we're like, all right, guys, we thank you so much. And we walk out, and we're hanging out with them as they're finishing dinner. And we said, all right, we've got to get home now. And they said, all right, time to exit greet, just like we do at all of our games. So they line up outside to exit greet us, and they hug us. And every single one said, I love you guys. And so we got in the car, and we drove home. We were like, this is pretty special. And, wow. and the love has really helped us more than anything. We have yeah. we got each show back. And when we went through this COVID, we told everyone, Everyone is keeping their job, full salary. We're not doing anything. Emily actually went, we went grocery shopping for all of our people in the middle while there was shelter in place and brought food yes. to our houses because, again, that love is part of our culture. We need to be there for them. Yeah. So, long answer, sorry, but that's really important to us. No, it's beautiful. Dude.
0: Yeah. I, I Drew's probably waiting for me to hop all over that. But yeah, love was that's primary value number one. And our definition was uh, or is fight for the highest possible good in the lives of our clients or each other until it's a present reality. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's, that was a very, very serious one for us. But even just with, with our clients is like, man, for us, if, if we actually put it into action, right. That it's not that soft. I don't know. I mean, mushy is okay, I guess, but, but it's not even that it's like, it truly is actionable and and fiery that that actually delivered great client results for us. And it would always make sure that we were on point that we, you know, our our intentions could never be be questioned that we would be, you know, the true confidant and advisor to our clients, and that's been phenomenal. So I love, well, I love love, and I love the the fact that you're bringing it into the business context. We always talk yeah. about it as we're going through even our, our kind of sales process prior to we'll communicate our values just to like hopefully try to weed anybody out if they think like, man, these guys are going to talk about this. This is not what I want to talk about. Hopefully that gets some gets them off of our list.
2: If quick. you have love really built in your organization you can almost completely let go on everything because you know how they will handle everything with love. If we know people love what they do and they love the people they serve and they love going to work, you don't have to worry about much. And so- Delegation's easy. It's gone, yeah. So so again, that got in more serious, but it needs to be talked about more in business. It needs to be, what, we're gonna build this. We're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna bring love out. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I have a question on
0: the, uh, something we mentioned earlier, apprenticeship. I wanted to come back to that because you talked about even the, you know, all of our people essentially have been interns, except for you. Everybody has been
2: an intern and then I was, kind of, I was an intern at once.
0: Yes, you were an intern at some point, right? Yeah. And even in, in your business. So I, I I'm curious about your thoughts on apprenticeship, how businesses might be able to, to see it and apply it. And just this thought of uh, learning in a different way. I mean, I think that's where I where we kind of nerd out is we're going into the companies and we're seeing training and one-off trainings be like the way that that many of them are going to try to teach. It's like the the depth they're lacking, but they're they're really not la- leveraging apprenticeship. We love seeing construction companies and plumbing companies and these these trades and the fact that they still you know these blue collar trades they still leverage apprenticeship. And I love just realizing like wait a minute they're still using this like this is the tried and true way to build a craftsman. And then you see these white collar you know. I think they don't really know any different, but they could actually leverage apprenticeship and actually develop leaders in that manner. But yeah, I know that you, you hopped on that too as like something that you saw, you thought was like not used often enough or not even leveraged often enough. What are your thoughts on apprenticeship? What do you know about it? Speak into it.
2: Uh, it's huge. Uh, our president, Jared, and I, we uh, flew up to the Henry Ford Museum in uh, Detroit uh, two yeah. years ago. And there's a big plaque in the front. And one thing stood out. It said, Henry believed in learning by doing. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, Jared, you know, that's kind of who we are. We do and then learn. And so you can talk about things and you can study them. And I believe there's a huge level in reading. But the level, the, the importance of reading is when you actually implement it. <laughs> it's not just yeah. taking in it. living by it, living it and doing it. And so for us, apprenticeship, internships are everything. Guys, I have no idea. Like, The fact that I'm running a baseball team dressed up like this crazy Willy Wonka type character, like makes zero (laughs) sense. I didn't sign up for this when I was 18 years old, 20 years old. I was going to play baseball, but then my mediocre career ended when I tore my shoulder and then that was over. All right. Yes. But I got this email about an internship with a team in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The team was, they were worse than the Gastonia team, worse than what we walked into Savannah. And they put a phone book on my desk. And there was no training. They said, call and start selling. I go, what am I selling? They go, oh, here's our sponsorship sheet. I go, okay, and here's the phone book. And I started calling everybody I could. And I got all these meetings and I realized, wow, I actually love doing this. And did I have a direct person teaching me? No, but I was diving into it. I was learning I was doing it. So then from that point on, if I were to go back, I said, man, I wish I had some guidance. I could have taken so much steps further up if I was not just took 10 years to actually figure out what the heck I was doing. And so now everything is based on internships. We have them year round. You come in and jump in and we're going to throw you in the deep end and start testing. But you know what? We're going to be here to coach you and talk to you afterward. What happened? What did you learn? What are you going to yeah. do? And so that we're, we're a product of our own environment. That's what I learned. And I think, man, if I could go back, that's it. I would have someone I could have learned from. Um, but actually I'm yeah. very, I'm very happy in the context that I didn't learn from someone necessarily in the baseball industry. Yeah. yeah. Because if I did, that might've guided me going down this way. I had to learn outside. And I would say I was an apprentice of Walt Disney and P.T. Barnum as little as I read every single thing and tried to practice everything that they did. It just wasn't that yeah. direct mentorship.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Uh, thank you for that. Let's move to the lightning round, man. We got five questions for you All right. and, uh, thank you for your time. So lightning round question. Number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be?
2: uh this is an easy one for me it's it's what we've always done it's fans first it's the name of our company our mission every decision we make is it fans first and yeah i think we could have known i think we could have uh told you that one fans first which is fantastic
0: again that that synergy um let's see number two what's the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business and what's the worst advice you've received
2: I struggle with advice as someone's here, like you're asking me for advice and I'm not sharing advice. I struggle with that because I think um, the best advice I think is received when it's not given. And that seems like a weird thing to say, but the best advice is something that you, you find when they're just, let me give you an example. My father never gave me a, it, Like he never tried to never give me much advice, but I remember as a kid going up to bat every single day and taking batting practice. my dad would say, Hey, Jesse swing hard in case you hit it. And I remember vividly, like, I had this mindset that I'm going to swing hard as I can. That wasn't advice necessarily for business or advice for anything. He was just saying, swing hard in case you hit it. He was joking around. But now, as I look at everything I do in business, I swing hard. I come up to bat, I take my swings, and I swing hard. And I think that advice has really guided me with everything I do. And I teach everyone in our staff. I go, guys, let's swing. Let's swing hard. Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh,
2: You want to hit the worst? The worst advice. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, no, I, I actually, I can't. And it's the same thing about the at-bats. I don't remember the failures. I don't remember the worst advice. I move on. I'm sorry. I can't, nothing comes no, to No, that's me. good. Yeah. Well, no. Do a normal thing. Was that would say, be my
1: yeah, normal you you, are, you say if you do no, if you do it like everybody else,
2: you get results like everybody else, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Or, or, or hey, stick to what you know best, you know, or, or stay true to stay true to, you know, I, I stay true to who you are, but you've got to constantly experiment and do things differently. So people, you know, stay in your lane. How do you really grow if you completely stay in your lane? David mm. Goggins said it best. He said, too many of you guys are growing in your comfort zone. Yeah. We're just growing within our same comfort zone. Yep. And yeah. You push yourself out of that. So I, I would challenge that. Mm.
0: Love that. Uh, question number three, if you could go back to the past, tell yourself one thing, what would it be? You might've just answered that one earlier. <laughs>
2: I could tell it. Yeah. I tell myself one thing. Uh, I, I hate the cliche answer. You're going to be, guys, you're going to make me do it. You're going to make me do it, uh, man. Just, just keep having fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy the ride. Be on the journey. Yeah. Is there
0: a time in the past where you would have, where you needed to hear that lesson? Every day. I hear that message.
2: Every day, every day, because every day, I think sometimes we get into a point where we take some things we do too seriously. We focus too much on the results and focus too much on the outcome. and We don't focus on why we're doing it and why we're enjoying it and why we're having fun. Mm, Come that's on. awesome, Jesse. Uh,
0: number four, uh, what causes the most worry when uh, leading your organization? What causes you the most worry?
2: That I'm unable to serve. Uh, and I mean that in a way that um, I can't provide opportunities for growth for our people. I think we reached a really unique situation where we sold out every game, every ticket, and we reached a capacity challenge. And and so I worry that we're not going to be able to grow to the level to make sure our people can grow with us and have those opportunities. So mm-hmm. I push myself to constantly try and experiment and do new things, develop new modes or models that our company can grow with us. Yeah, That's yeah,
0: beautiful. Uh, number five, what's the current uh, big, hairy, audacious goal?
2: Back to uh, Collins. What's the current BHAG for you, man? Uh, great question and great timing. I uh, just spent three months with our leadership team going over our vision for the next three to five years. Uh, when we first came in, we were just trying to save baseball and actually have a team, and it worked. Yeah. We baseball in Savannah, we sold the games, and it's a circus every night. And now we say, guys, what's next? I got asked ask uh, someone on another podcast, he said, what would be on your tombstone? And I, I didn't have any idea. They said, probably what's next? Because I'm always excited about that next adventure. Yeah. For us, our vision um, is that the impact that we want to make is we want to bring this joy, this fun, this happiness where people like this past season came up to us after a game and said, you guys saved my life. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, tear in his eye, he said- I was going through a tough time during coronavirus, thing, but coming to your games, seeing people having fun, the joy, every night this brought me what I needed. And I was like, we need to deliver this to more people, not just now in COVID, but more. So our big, hairy, audacious goal and our vision for the next three, five years is we're taking the show on the road. We're gonna start bringing the bananas uh, all over and we're gonna bring fun and we're gonna have more opportunities for people to be a part of this experience, 365, not just in a season. And uh, guys, like anything, we're gonna start with a small bet. So you better believe this spring, the one city world tour. So we're starting yeah. with one city. <laughs> and we're going to go to one city and do the one city world tour. Uh, just like when I did my, my world book tour, um, I yes. did, it, did it at Epcot. So I did every little country at Epcot. Yes. I, it, uh, but the one city world tour, small bets, and then hopefully take that to more people. And, uh, and they can- Greenville, South Carolina. I'm sure we could use you, man. Yeah. I mean, you we got, got a, a nice- got a minor league team. You got your show. We, we'll see if our circus can come there once. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> got your show we got we got our show we need we need a
0: little bit more show i think from the ballpark greenville probably needs to loosen up a little bit um yes man oh that's that's fantastic no that's fantastic brother
1: jesse Uh, thank you so much for taking time not just to make the time to be on the show uh but in showing up you brought all of your core values with you man you have helped us have fun you've helped us dream bigger uh you put us first even from the beginning we're here to interview you. And as soon as we get on, you interview us. So true honor. Thank you for showing up, bringing your, 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 uh, tuxedo, your personality and your wisdom with you. Uh, it's been a true honor, buddy.
2: Yeah. I appreciate it. You guys are a lot of fun and it's obvious how much you care. Great questions. Great interview. And, uh, I'm ready for hopefully round two in a few years. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you, brother.
0: Founders. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.